0: Father God, Lord, we just, we come to you and we thank you for the power of prayer. Lord, knowing that you hear and you answer and respond to our prayers, Lord, and Lord, we come to you and we pray on behalf of every missionary that is mentioned in our prayer, God. Lord, I think about those 3,000 plus missionaries that work with the International Mission Board and other organizations. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you will give them wisdom, give them grace, give them mercy and discernment. And Lord, we just pray now, Lord, that you will help us to be, to be more engaged in the work of prayer. Lord, I pray that of, as the men of Bellevue go, Lord, I pray that you will help us to be men of prayer. And Lord, we just lift these prayers up to you knowing that you are able to do above and beyond all that we can ask or think, in your son's most precious name we pray, Amen. The next thing that we want to talk about when it comes to to church engagement in in regards to to missions and and how you can really get involved is is giving. I want to ask uh, one of uh, my friends to come on up, Mark Tingley. He's going to come and join me on the stage, and we're going to to talk a little bit because. Um, He has a unique story. I met Mark, how many years ago, Mark? Six years ago, he moved into my apartment complex and and we became neighbors and he moved out and I'm still there. I'm a little bummed about that. Um, but uh, we had a great opportunity just to meet his family and, and get to know them. And then as he started coming to church here and getting involved, we got to know him a little bit more and he and his wife are just super sweet. And I just wanted to introduce him to you because when we talk about giving, a lot of times what we look at are dollar signs. Um, and when we talk about giving in missions, you need to know that those, that giving is connected to a, a person. And I want Mark to tell you a little bit of his story uh, about how missions giving impacted his life. And so, Mark, why don't you spend just a couple of minutes just telling uh, the men kind of your story and how it revolves around missions and giving and all of that.
1: Uh, Well, it's great to be here tonight with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Both Christy and I, my wife Christy, uh, we were part of a Southern Baptist church in Michigan. Yes, they have Southern Baptists in the north. And uh, God put a call upon our lives while we were working uh, secular jobs that he had bigger plans for us at the time. So uh, through that process, there was a a calling upon our hearts, and I made a trip real quick over to Africa where I was impacted greatly by God. And as I returned from that voluntary trip, for two weeks we were working with a seminary as well in Ghana, Africa. And God just tremendously impacted me on the lostness of the world um, and the giftings that he had given us at the time and what he had planned. So it was a big struggle, uh, but through the process, God developed us through uh, seminary training as well as going overseas in preparation for what he had for us to serve 12 plus years in a country called Indonesia, the fourth most populous country in the world, and the
0: most populous Muslim country in the world. So you went with the International Mission Board, and so as a part of International Mission Board, for those of you that may not be familiar with kind of Southern Baptist life, the International Mission Board is the sending agency of the Southern Baptist Convention. And Mark, there is something that is pretty unique about the IMB. Would you tell them a little bit about what that uniqueness is?
1: Yeah, um, of course we served overseas, and and we would meet up with other mission agencies from time to time, and most of those, if not all, had to. They were faith based, raised their own funding, which they spent a lot of time stressing over whether they were going to have enough money for food that month, let alone trying to get out and do any ministry. Uh, they had basic needs that they had to meet for their families, for their children, and oftentimes, you know, people would promised to give a certain amount every month to them, but maybe things happened in those folks' life, a car breakdown or something like that, and they couldn't, couldn't meet their donation level, and so they really struggled. But with the International Mission Board, because we have a cooperative program in churches such as Bellevue that participate not only in Lottie Moon missions giving near December, but also just year-round through the budget uh, in a cooperative program, we have a great program where missions, missionaries are sent out We don't have to worry about gathering enough funds for what we're going to do, and you don't know that gives you great freedom. When we were out there, because knowing it takes a lot to live in another country, let alone to process all the paperwork to live there, you're going to you're going to face all kinds of different persecutions. Uh, Trying to find a place to live even can be very difficult because nobody wants you to brown them because you're going to proselytize them. There's a lot of challenges and. Through the International Mission Board, they helped provide not only through the funds, support systems. Like we would have people that allowed uh, logistics teams to come in and lay down the foundation for all that paperwork, lay down, try to find housing, and help with all that so that when we hit the ground there, yes, you you were going through some challenges because of culture, language, and everything else. But they already had a playing field for your language development, cultural development, so that when you got to the final point where you were going to be ministering. And in our case, it was on an island with 52 million people, uh, sixth largest island in the world, Sumatra. It got famous in 2004 when a tsunami on the north tip wiped out about 100,000 people. Uh, we were there, and it, it had over an area I was initially in, 13 unreached people group, over 15 million people, which when I say unreached people group, you, you have to understand, less than 1% Christian, and several of those groups didn't have anybody that was a Christian or even trying to reach them at that time. From the time we left it was 26 unreached people groups. We were engaging all, but uh, at that time, four. And that was through uh, the prayers and the giving of a lot because we were training national partners, believers that had come to know Christ. And that giving really helped a lot. Uh, and it helped me because I was out in the field a lot. Like to, for me personally, I was gone from the home home probably two weeks out of the month on average. Christy's at home trying to homeschool kids, so you know, homeschooling here in the states, any of you that have homeschooled, you know the costs associated with trying to get books and everything like that. We didn't have to worry about that. We had those supplies and support that we needed to get that, so my kids were able to be educated by their mother in a good way, and you know, hey, one of them's got a doctorate degree in physical therapy, and the other one's going to mechanical engineering right now. So uh, I'm very grateful because a big part of that is we didn't have to worry about funds. We worked alongside with some other missionaries that did, but we also tried to help them. You know, when it came to homeschooling supplies, if we had extras and stuff like that, we would constantly try to help them, and they were so grateful for that. But we didn't have that stress allowing us to focus on the main thing that God had called us there to do which was to make disciples and share the gospel.
0: That's an amen moment right there. (laughs) Because what our giving does is it allows him to be what he was called to be, a missionary. You know, if Mark's anything like me, one of the biggest things that I hate doing is asking people for help and asking people for money right? Yeah. Well, when he's, on the, when he's on the field, that's what he was able to do. And just to kind of give you a little bit about how the money that you give, not only through the love offering, which this year is going all towards missions, praise the Lord. And if we raise $3 million of that, a million is going straight to the International Mission Board. But out of your general budget giving, $800,000 of that goes to the cooperative program, and a majority of that ends up into the International Mission Board so that missionaries can be missionaries.
1: You have to understand, I, I mean, I don't want to take up too much of our time. But, you know, there were times, there were so many things that happened while we were over there that I don't have time to share about. But when your kids, in particular, that was where the devil wanted to get us. He he went right for the jugular in attacking your kids and whether it was through traumatic medical issues, um, you know, we're living in an area where kids are still dying of malaria, dengue fever, dealing with all those issues. um, Through the giving of Southern Baptists, we're able to, if necessary, be able to evacuate out to get some modern medical treatment to make sure those things are taken care of. And I can't tell you, Multiple, multiple times where that giving helped save, I would think, in a great degree, I'm not trying to exaggerate, our kids' lives or even Christy and I from time to time. And when we deal with stuff over there, you know, a lot of traumatic things happen when you're over there. And we, through the International Mission Board, have the ability to do what they call member care. And these are trained folks who love Jesus, they're missionaries, just like, those that were over there, so they understand serving in the field, and they are able to come alongside those that have, you know, been robbed, attacked, brutalized. We had, um, we had some church planters that were going to baptize a couple people, and they got attacked by a mob, and they are d- doused with kerosene, and they were getting ready to light the match when the pe- uh, police showed up because they were they saw a huge crowd and all this ruckus and. Of course, they were, our two church planners were arrested and put in jail for several months, and people were praying. And uh, you talk about praying by faith. I think it was somebody up here. It was Derek. I think he said something about praying by faith, and my faith was always t- challenged. Sometimes I felt like it wasn't that of a mustard seed, and I was like that disciple saying, please increase our faith, and God needs our prayer. Prayers, it's not that he needs them in a way that he won't act on them, but it's like Pastor C says, there are things that aren't going to happen unless we're praying. And because we're praying for these people today, there's going to be things I believe that happen. A church that catches fire, you know, it's the enemy not wanting them to be there. 94%, and was that the Montero, Oregon one, and Hope? Medford, Medford. Medford. Uh, Guys, we really, you know, for me, it's a struggle sometimes, but we, our prayers are important, and we, sometimes we want to be able to see results instantly. That was me in the field. I wanted, I'm praying, I'm praying, God. Church movements, we want to be able to see a mighty movement of God, the kingdom of heaven coming here in this place like no place else, for your glory, and we genuinely pray hard multiple days. And sometimes you don't see that happening right away. That's okay. God uses those prayers, and we need those prayers from you all too, too. I'm about ready to go again. I was like, (laughs) man, I'm ready to go back. That is awesome.
0: Well, and I think if you've never had the opportunity to speak to a long-term missionary and just hear about the troubles and the trials and the victories and the praises, it will completely change your view of the world. Um, One of the things that I'm just always encouraged about is that even in the hardest places, God is there and he is moving. And when you think about Indonesia, it is the most populous Muslim country in the world. And we have active missionaries that are there right now that are actively pursuing that country for the cause of Christ. And I just want you to to begin to see how your giving makes a difference in the life of 3,000 plus missionaries just like Mark, who is able to spend 12 years on the field sharing Jesus. Mark, do you have anything closing that you'd like to say?
1: I just want to thank everybody in here. Uh, All of your giving and prayers in the past have made a tremendous impact in our ministry. I know that we stand on the shoulders of many that have gone before us. Mm -hmm. And I pray that I will be as faithful as them now that I'm back here in the States to continue to support those folks that are there. Um, And so thank you very much for your giving. Thank you very much for your praying. And I just would encourage you, please continue on. The kingdom is moving forward. It's advancing. God's
0: clock is on schedule, and we can see him moving. We got just a time for a quick question. What language did you have to learn? Bahasa Indonesia. All right. Apakabar? No, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, can you can you recite like a Bible verse so they can kind of? Can you think of one? Can you remember one? I'm putting him on the spot. I did not tell him this at all.
1: Allah mengasihi dunia ini Sabage Yerusalem. Ya itu anaknya akan datang dunia ini supaya setiap orang yang percaya kepadanya akan menerima pengampunan then terima. So John (laughs) 3.16. That's awesome. It's a paraphrased version by Mark Tingley because we also, one of the great things about us is we can learn uh, how to share the gospel in contextual manners Mm -hmm. in the areas where we live. And IMB does a great job in training. And I'm going to do a plug.
0: necessarily say that. <laughs> we're doing I'm a meeting. Here. We're doing a yeah, we're doing a meeting we're, in Europe in 2023. We're doing a
1: meeting in Europe in 2024, <laughs> 2023. 2023. Yep. And I'm familiar with those. And if you really want to be a part of rubbing shoulders with folks and serve them that are over there, that would be a great opportunity. Yep. I mean, you'll meet some great folks and hear some stories that God's doing and where they're at. And you'll learn better how to pray for them and minister to them and their families in a great way. Those are awesome yeah. gatherings. Yeah, we're excited.
0: Y'all give Mark a hand.
2: Can anybody confirm if you got that verse right? Anybody? A little fact check. Sounding good to you. If works here. Hey, so uh, we talked a little bit about uh, how you can pray. And you did that around uh, your tables, and you have that that you can continue to pray throughout uh, the weeks and months to come. And then you just heard a little bit there about how you can give. And we're passing out uh, to each one of your tables right now, there's an envelope. And so I just want to stop you real quick and make sure you understand we're not giving you an envelope so that you can put money in it tonight. That's not what this is at all. What I want you to do is I want you to turn that envelope over to the back side. And there are five different ways that it shares how you can give, right? Uh, And those five things, you can commit to pray for the nations. So you can um, give those prayers to the Lord. I commit to sharing the gospel with at least one person this year. So you can be engaged in the church and what God is calling us to do by sharing the gospel. You can give in that way. You commit to attend a missions-equipped class. We have intro to missions classes um, that you can hear more about Commit to going on a short-term mission project. You're going to hear more about that in just a few minutes. Interested in becoming a midterm or long-term missionary? Uh, maybe these are some ways that God is calling you to give. And I just, want to, I just want to give you this quick testimony, if I can. You have an opportunity yourself to give in so many ways, way beyond your checkbook or, or cash or like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about your, your time. We're also talking about giving back to the Lord for what he's done for you. And you have this opportunity for yourself. You have this opportunity as a husband or as a dad or as a granddad. Uh, You have this opportunity. Just this weekend, we had Bellevue Loves Memphis. My daughter, my youngest daughter, eighth grade, loves to do missional things. It is how she gives back. To people. And we went over to the send Relief Center and we packed, we were part of a team that packed 125,000 meals to go out. And it was not, there was nothing great or awesome about the, the, the task itself, but watching her, I was able to give back to the Lord by being a dad and taking my daughter to get engaged in the missionary task. So he's calling all of us to give in some kind of way. So we encourage you not only to pray for our missionaries and pray that the Lord would work in the nation and the nations, but also to give and don't just think money when you do that. So this is what we want you to do. Take just a few minutes around your table. And if you were to look at these five right here, and you were to talk about giving of yourself in some kind of way, which one of these, talk about it around your table, which one of these would be most exciting to you to do? Now listen, we don't have this, this is not mic'd or recorded. If you say, I'd really love to do a mission trip, Ben's not going to come to your table right then and sign you up, okay? It's fine. I I can't promise you he won't do that, but I don't think you will. But just which one of these sounds most exciting to you? And then also, let's get a little bit vulnerable. Which one of these is a little bit like probably the most fearful one of you to really get behind? And maybe you spend some time later tonight or this week in your time with the Lord of asking the Lord to give you um, some some encouragement and some courage to do the things that are fearful. So talk around your table. What excites you the most out of this group? And then what is most fearful to you? And then after this, Ben will come out and finish out our time together.
0: All right. We are uh, coming down into our, our final session, our final time together. Everybody say hi to Mr. Hayden for me. There you go, y'all are so welcoming, thank you. All right, this is a perfect example of do not have a conversation with a missions pastor and tell him about your love for missions because we literally had a conversation last Thursday when we were watching our kids practice soccer and he was just started talking to me about his missions experience. And then we got asked to do this. And I was like, I'm going to ask Hayden if he would be willing to come up here and talk to us. And he said yes. And so he's probably never going to open up to me again, but it'll be worth it. And so, but we're excited just to be able to, to talk about this next uh, idea. We talked about prayer, we've talked about giving, and now we want to talk about going. And what struck me in my conversation with, with Hayden last Thursday is the impact of how going, what going did for him and his family and his life. And, and Hayden, I want you to just give the guys a little bit of that same story about maybe just what going meant for you and, and how it's changed your life moving forward after that first time that you went.
3: Yep, sure, thanks, Ben. So real quick, just a show of hands, can I see the hands of the people that have never been on any type of an out-of-the-country mission trip before? Okay, so pretty good number. So I was in your chair as well. Uh, So what does going on a mission trip mean to me? I got saved when I was about six years old. Uh, And so when I think about my testimony, it's really hard for me to have a testimony. I don't really know of a time when I was bad and I had this major life change. Uh, So testimony is something that I've always kind of struggled with, how do I tell somebody my testimony and lead them to Christ with that? Uh, But when I got out of college, I went to work at a company called KPMG. I was doing a lot of travel, working really, really hard. Uh, I got married and loved my wife, but I was on the road all the time. It was really, really tough, Uh, and I would come home on the weekends, and we would try to spend some time together, and typically, it was a lot of business that we needed to handle. And so, I'm I'm one of these kind of guys that I'm very direct. It's just black and white. I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you how it is. And so, I would come home, and I would tell my wife how it was, what we needed to do, and I thought we were having a great conversation. Anybody else had, had conversations like that? So, and I thought we were having a conversation because she nodded in agreement and I left and got to work with something and she left and come to find out years later, she typically left and went to the bathroom and cried. That's what happened. That's, that's how our house ran. And uh, neither one of us wanted divorce and, and I didn't think anything was wrong. So she had just kind of resigned herself to this is how my life is gonna be. This is it for the rest of my life. Now, I love God but he wasn 't an active part in my life, so I uh, ended up going on a mission trip to Costa Rica with uh, with another church in the area. my wife didn 't go with me she couldn 't she was very, very pregnant with our second kid and and this stuff that happened right in the beginning of our marriage it continued to happen for years it wasn 't a phase; this is just how life was, and I was kind of floating oblivious. Uh, But I remember in Costa Rica, we went on this trip, we were serving, I, I don't even remember the exact nature of the mission trip, but I remember everybody saying, gosh, look at these poor people, look at these poor people in Costa Rica, how did they live like this? And I started thinking back about my life, about my job, and I made good money, but I was stressed all the time, I was traveling all the time, it had been a long time since I'd just sung in the shower, and I thought, I want to be these people. These people actually have joy. I don't have joy. They've got joy. I would go to their services, and, uh, and I hear them singing in Spanish. They're singing and praising God, and I find myself praising God with them, and I realize this world's small. We talk in different languages, but it's the same God that we're serving. And about day three, I'm in a lukewarm outdoor shower, and I caught myself singing praise and worship music for the first time in a long, long time. And I went back to my bedroom and I said, something's got to change. This is what I want. This is how my life's got to be. So as I said, I was already a believer, but I picked up my Bible. I started reading it every day. I came home and my wife would tell you if she was up here with me today, I came home a different person immediately, completely changed by that one experience.
0: So your decision to go was it uh, like a watermark decision? You know, I'm going to do this, or was it just uh, a circumstance that said, "Oh, I'm just going to I'm going to go do this and see how it is." What what got you to Costa Rica?
3: So it was it was bait and switch, is what it was. <laughs> We're good. Um,
0: Pastors are really good at that, I think. Sometimes bait
3: and switch. <laughs> so I, I've still got on my bucket list. I want to go to Africa. I've got a trip to Africa that's on my bucket list, and the plan was to go to Africa, and this was my way to get to Africa. So it was it was kind of selfishly motivated. The Africa trip got canceled and Costa Rica popped up. I'd already put down a deposit and, and that's why I ended up there. But God had a plan, right? He wanted me to be there with those people uh, and
0: experience that. And I think if, if, how many of you have, we asked how many people have not been on a mission trip. How many of you have been on a mission trip out of the country? Amen. Would you say that you came back from that trip changed? And see, that's the power of going. So many times, we think of all the excuses as to why we can't go. Work, money, time, my kids. Safety is a real issue now, right? We have all of these reasons as to why we can't go. But I promise you that if God calls you to it, no matter what happens, good or bad, he's going to do exactly what he needs to do for you on that trip. And one of the things like, Hayden, as... you may be talking to some folks that are right on the verge of saying, I'm going. I want to go, but I'm just not sure. What advice would you give to that man that's saying, I just don't know if I can, but, but they're actually really thinking about it. Would you give them any, any advice?
3: So it would be pray through it, but jump on it, right? And I think you hit the nail on the head with something there. For those that raise their hand that they have been on a trip, that they have done this before, my testimony is not that big of a deal because that's your testimony too you've seen it. You cannot go on one of these trips and come back unchanged. So my encouragement would be, while this, this story is special to me and it's part of my testimony, if you've been and you've gone and you've done it, it's going to be your testimony as well. You're going to come back changed. It may not be a wife that's crying. You may be a better father. You may be a better employee. You may just be on fire for God. But I can tell you there's no way that you can go on one of these trips and not come back changed. So I would encourage you, do it. Make the leap, whether you got to do it by yourself, you're going with somebody else, trust God in it, and he re- will
0: reward it. And I, I just want to echo that. I, that is something, and it's, it's easy for me to say because I'm the missions pastor, right? You, you expect me to say that, but it will forever change your life. It will forever change the way that you view the world. It will change the way that you view lost people because you have a tendency to look at everybody in the context that we are in. But when you step into that new context or that different culture and you don't know anything, it makes such a difference in the way that you view the world. And I would just encourage you, if you are on the verge and you have any questions about how can I go, your missions department is here to help you. And funding, I have never, since I've been in the missions department since 2007, (laughs) I had to think about it, I have never seen anyone not go on a mission trip because funding was an issue. I'm gonna tell you right now, I know of somebody that's getting ready to take off for Kenya next week. They raised, they sent out a few things and raised $7,000 over what they needed to even go because people are committed to send. So don't allow those excuses. You want to, who's giving you those excuses, man? The enemy, the enemy does not want you to go. But I think, Hayden, you would say you can't not go.
3: Yeah, I'd say you can't not go. And if funding is an issue, God's gonna provide. But I would say if funding's an issue, find some people to write letters to that have been on a mission trip, Mm -hmm. and I guarantee you they're gonna pour money into it. Because again, once you've been... You're going to be changed, and you want that for other people. You want that for other men.
0: Yeah, and you may say, Ben, I can't go out of the country. We have local, we have national, we have international opportunities. We have ways for you to serve next week. Our disaster relief volunteers have been working uh, over the last two weeks. They've been in our community. They were working today and completed how many projects, Philip? Seven or eight. He worked so hard he forgot uh, that, and so he was. That we need help even next week. You're gonna get an email following up to show you all these different ways that you can go. But man, I love this story because it, he didn't think that his life was going to change by going on a mission trip. But now he would say that if anybody goes on a mission trip, it'll change your life. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Any else? Anything else you wanna to, to say? Words of wisdom from Hayden Simons? No. <laughs> Give Hayden a hand. Yep. Yep. So on, on, uh, in the back there, we have a kiosk uh, that has all of our missions uh, material on it. One of there is a brochure. And on those, you will see all of our upcoming uh, national and international trips and local opportunities. Families are able to go. We have family-friendly projects. If your family wants to go on a national trip, the minimum age for your children is 10 years old. 10 years old and up, and you can go nationally. If you wanna go internationally and you wanna go with your family, the, the minimum age is 12 years old, 12 years old and up can go on an international mission trip. And so you can take your kids with you. One of the most impactful things that you can do with your family is to serve on mission locally, nationally, or internationally. And we are here to help any way that we can. If you've got any questions, scholarships are available, we wanna help. So I just want to encourage you. You have heard from Hayden the difference that it made in his life. And I would encourage you to see what your next step in missions may be. Maybe your next step in missions is not going to Costa Rica, but it's going across the street to talk to your neighbor who you know does not know Jesus. And that step is just as big and meaningful as taking the step to Costa Rica. We need to begin to believe that. that that we have a part to play in the people's lives that we are around. Every day, men. you are around people that are dying and going to hell. We have a choice. Are we gonna share Jesus or not? There is not a man in here that would disagree with this statement. Jesus Christ is the most important relationship that I have. If that is true and you believe that, what do you think the relationship you should be talking the most about? That's a, not a rhetorical question y'all can answer. Jesus, right? That's missions. It's missions. Go and tell the world about Him. I want to ask Derek to come on up and close us out. Thank you men for allowing me just the opportunity just to, to have some conversations and, and talk about praying, giving and going.
4: Well, guys, I enjoyed uh, just hearing the stories from Mark and Hayden and then I'm always encouraged and convicted when I see Ben's passion for lost people and his passion for the world. So we've given you a couple of things just to equip you. One of those being this prayer guide. I hope you'll take it home and and pray over those uh, uh, people in there. And then the other one was to, 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 to think about a commitment you could make to the Lord. And what I would encourage you to do is this. We're gonna close out this way. Around your table, I want you to discuss what your next step is. Now, you say, I gotta, I gotta tell them what I'm going to do. I, we're not telling you have to commit to a mission trip. I'm not telling you you have to commit to, to go do something crazy or to give a whole bunch of money. But I would say this. A lot of times in my life, I thought, I'm doing so much for the Lord. Now, that's a very arrogant statement, okay? I, I know that's a very arrogant statement. But I'm thinking, How, I don't have time to do anything else. Well, that's a lie. I'll just be honest with you. Because when I start to pray, Lord, what would you have me do? He just puts all these things out there and all these people in front of me, and all these ways to serve. And uh, my, uh, Ben was talking about uh, a trip leaving next week to go to Kenya. My wife and son will be on that plane next Thursday heading to Kenya, and my son's 12 years old, and so he just became old enough to go on a trip, and I'm so excited to see what it's gonna do in his life. So I, I don't know what it's gonna do. I don't know how he's gonna come back. I don't know what he's gonna see while he's there. I don't know what he's gonna come back and talk about. You know, I picked him up from Catalyst the other uh, weekend, a couple weeks ago, and asked him, you know, what was Catalyst all about? And he told me all about the food, all about his friends, and all about the games they played. And I said, okay, now, what about the preacher? How was that part of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was good too. And then we talked about that. So I don't know what he's gonna see, but this is what I'm praying. The guy would so grab a hold of his heart that it'll change the trajectory of his life. And this is what I would say to us as men. God can use every single one of us. He's placed you in a special and unique place. I was talking to my brother over here, drives a truck. God has placed you in a special place and he has a plan for you. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it looks like, but God can use you where he's placed you but I would just ask you to pray about and think about what does God want me to do? So I'd encourage you to mark something on that, leave it there on the table, and then we'll connect with you and look at that. Talk around your table just for a few minutes. You've got a few minutes just to talk about maybe a next step for you in engaging within the church specifically focused on serving. And then maybe after about five minutes, somebody close you in prayer right there at that table and you'll be dismissed. Thank you for being here.